Good morning. Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 17. We'll be in Acts chapter 17 this morning for our lesson. And this morning we get to spend some time learning that we have a place in the church. We need to confront our doubts when we think there is no place for us. In the last few weeks, we have found our place as worshipers, in fellowship, in service, and in prayer. And we found that there are so many ways that you can find your place in the church. And today, our place in the church is to learn. Learning is a skill. It can be cultivated and it can be lost. Many children are born with the desire to learn. You've heard little kids who keep asking, why? Over and over and over again. And the answer is, I don't know. And the answer is still, the question is still, why? They want to know more. And these kids keep seeking and learning. But this desire to learn can be lost. And as kids get older, many students don't want to go to school. Many people try to do the minimum to get diplomas and degrees. And very few go into school with the desire to learn. For many, when we get out of school, we stop learning. Many people don't seek knowledge or read anymore. And they are stagnant. And for so many people, we see learning as not a natural desire. And so we have to cultivate that desire to learn together. And I'm afraid this can be true of Christians spiritually as well. That we've learned Christ and we came to be baptized, but after a few years of serving in the kingdom, our fire for learning who God is has diminished. And maybe our passion for learning about God is um, dying and so how can we keep ourselves from losing our love about God? And there may not be a better example of this in the New Testament than the Bereans. So let's read together in Acts chapter 17, starting in verse 10. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed." And we'll stop there. So first we see that what they did is they received the word. So learning together, the Bereans were able to receive the word because they were noble-minded. And before we see what nobility is, we need to see what it is not. The Thessalonian Jews had just run Paul out of town. That's the, that's the um, comparison that we get to see between noble and not noble. So the Thessalonians had seen Paul preaching to the Thessalonians for three Sabbaths. He was reasoning, explaining, and proving that Jesus was raised from the dead. And we saw that some were persuaded, including many of the Greeks and devout women. But the Jews of Thessalonica started in an uproar with a mob to stop the gospel from spreading. And they dragged the brother Jason and some of the brothers in front of the authorities. And they said, these men have turned the world upside down, and they have come here also. And they also said, and they are saying there is another king named Jesus. 
And then after the, the Thessalonians had taken payment, they released Jason and the brothers, and Paul and Silas were sent on to Berea by the brethren. Their time in Thessalonica was cut short. And so we need to ask the question, what does it mean to be noble-minded? What made the Bereans different than these Jews in Thessalonica that sent Paul away? Well, contextually, it shows us that what it means to be noble is to be open to the Scriptures, to be accepting when something is taught to you that you may consider it and not form a riot at the first thought of something new. The Bereans had been able to put aside all their prejudices and look forward to something that was being presented to them. What they had thought previously about the Scriptures did not impact the way that they approached Paul and the Scriptures here. And this is difficult for us now, is it not? That sometimes we find this challenge in our lives. I'm trying to take the phrase, I've always thought, out of my vocabulary. I found it does not help in trying to understand the scriptures. I found it can be limiting that if I only approach from one line of thought, that I perhaps am missing something that the text has to offer. We can expand our studies by thinking through different options to come to the truth the way that God has intended for us. Here's a bit of a humorous example of what happens when we don't look at new ideas and don't look at new things. I heard a story of an old church where on Sunday nights, everyone sat on the right side of the auditorium. This is my left, I know, but it's your right, so I'm pointing this way. But everyone sat on the right side of the auditorium at night, and then the left was completely empty. And so the, uh, they had a gospel meeting, and the preacher comes in, and he sees everyone sitting on the right side, and afterwards he says, why is everyone over here? Like, why don't you spread out? And nobody in the auditorium knew. Not a single person in the congregation knew. They guessed, maybe there's some spiritual significance that we want to be found on the right and not the left. And one older man finally spoke up and said, it's because 30 years ago we didn't have curtains on the windows over there and it got hot in the evenings. We put curtains up and people just kept sitting in their regular spots. Now, of course, that's a humorous example but the solution had been implemented for 30 years, and people continued living and looking at things like no change had been made. But let's think of the implications of something like that happening in our Bible study. If we only think of um, truth through the lens of our tradition, we might miss what the text actually means. We can easily get caught up in what we are used to, rather than what the text actually says. And if we elevate tradition above truth, what that does is that breeds arrogance, where I think I know better. I know more. I deserve to make the call. And this is where the Jews were in Thessalonica. They had always thought something, something about the law, something about how they were to live, and when they were confronted with the truth, they chose to hold on to the past rather than accept Jesus Christ. Now, there's a caveat that needs to be added here. Of course, tradition in and of itself is not a bad thing. But tradition has its place. It should be dropped at the moment that it contradicts truth. And the Jews did not do that. And I pray that we can make the choice that truth comes first in everything. But that's not the only barrier that was there for their learning. When they received the word, the Jews approached it with jealousy in Thessalonica. The Jews in Thessalonica were jealous, and it caused them to miss the gospel. That's what motivated them to start the riot. You can see that back in verse 6. Um, 
5, excuse me. But the Jews were jealous, and they took some of the wicked man, men to form a riot. So jealousy is a danger in our ability to learn. So the Corinthians are a prime example of this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you were not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere, being merely human? There were divisions in the church in Corinth because of who they learned from. They thought that some teachers were higher than others, and thus if they were under that higher teacher, they were lifted up, and they were higher. And it caused division among the church where they thought they were better than each other, and they were jealous of each other, and they were divided because of each other. And so as a result, Paul says they aren't growing up as Christians. They are infants. They cannot take solid food. They cannot progress in their learning. They cannot know more. But they are stuck. They're only able to take milk. And furthermore, they are living lives to the flesh rather than to the spirit. They are worldly instead of spiritual. And their jealousy has kept them there. Jealousy stunts our growth. It keeps us from being what we should be. The Jews were jealous not because they thought the Christians were changing the law, but the phrase, they are turning the world upside down. Why are the Christians making a difference here in um, Berea, or Thessalonica, excuse me, or Berea? No, I had it right the first time. Why, why are they doing that, and, and why are we not having an impact on the law? Why are we not turning the world upside down? The Pharisees re rejected Jesus as well out of jealousy. And even Pilate knew that. Matthew chapter 27, verse 18. For, for Pilate knew that it was out of envy that the Jews had delivered Jesus up. They are making a difference and we aren't. And that causes people to stop learning. Jealousy stunts our growth. If we spend our time thinking about what we don't have in comparison with others, we can't focus on our own growth and our own learning. We're focused on our own fears and inferiorities instead. Jealousy stunts our growth. Our third barrier is if we are only thinking about scriptures through the lens of our preferences, we will miss what the text actually means. And this is a very broad barrier. It can come at us in lots of different ways. Perhaps. We may not want to change just because I like the way I am. I don't want to change, and it's only about me. My selfishness has gotten in the way. Perhaps we have a family member who struggles with a certain truth, and we don't want to confront that truth because we don't want our family member to be judged. Perhaps it would cost us. The rich young ruler, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, One thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Our preferences, our desires can get in the way of the way we learn about the word. We must be willing to give up our preferences so that his truth can reign in our lives. Okay, those are some barriers 
Now that we have those, we can see what the Bereans did to actually receive the word. And you see the word in there, the Bereans received the word with eagerness. They were excited to know about God. And so what a wonderful contrast that we can see here. The Jews in Thessalonica had caused such issues. They had caused riots. They had done anything to not hear the truth. And then we see the Bereans who are eager to know about God. They are eager to receive the word of God. Well, while some were overcome with reasons why they couldn't or wouldn't listen, the Bereans were hungry for God. For blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Do you have Sunday circled on your calendar? Is Sunday just something you look forward to all week? That it's the best day of your week? Do you anticipate your daily Bible reading so that you can spend more time thinking more about God? There are sure there are days that we struggle with that. But that's got to be an attitude that we seek, that we are eager to know more about God. If we are going to grow in our ability about God and to learn about God, we've got to start with the desire to learn about God. And it's a little bit of a, a uh, circle here. We grow in our ability to love God more when we understand God more and spend more time with Him. We grow in our desire to know more about Him when we do it. And when we spend time in the Word, we want it more and more and more because that is something we cannot be filled up in all the way. The more time you spend with God and His truth, the more you'll come to desire it. Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. We must be eager for the Word of God to fill us. But the Bereans didn't stop there. And so the Bereans researched the Word. The Bereans examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So daily, they didn't just do this initially. Paul preached the lesson. They opened their Bible along with him and then said, okay, we're, uh, we're good. We've checked it. But they did this continually. This was an ongoing uh, part of who they were. They continued to examine the scriptures. Now remember, the Bereans didn't have Bibles in their homes. Right? The synagogue was where the scriptures were kept, and having a copy of the scriptures would have been a luxury. And so most families, most homes would not have one. And so what that means is they came together at the synagogue and tried to compare what Paul said to the Old Testament scriptures that they had. They were looking for Jesus and the law and the prophets. What a wonderful way for us to find our place in the church. Don't you think? That as we are confronted with the truth, as we receive the word, we come together to understand it better and to prove that these things are so. What a blessing that we can find our place in the church doing that. And we search the scriptures and what we find is the joy of our own salvation. There is joy in the pursuit of truth. Just a couple pages back, maybe just one page back in your Bibles is Acts chapter 16. The Philippian jailer is saved. And listen to this in verse 30. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. There was a seeking of the scriptures followed by joy. That is what researching and receiving the word of God does for us. 
And we can find our place in the church doing that. It's not just an individual pursuit to pursue the truth, though. These Bereans came to the synagogue together to try to seek the truth together and understand the truth together. And so they would go to the synagogue and search the scriptures. And this is a surprising thing for us sometimes in our individualistic culture. We think of our Bible study as my Bible study, and what happens only happens in private. But these Bereans studied as a group in the synagogue. And they likely asked the rabbi who was there for help in understanding the law and the prophets. They were there asking each other and working together to make sure what Paul said lined up with what they knew in the scriptures. We would benefit so much from doing that together, to be able to study our Bibles together. And I know we've benefited from doing it in the past, but this is a challenge for us to do, more, do even more so in our future. Some of us are new to this. Some of us are new to Christ and have a lot to learn. Some don't know where to begin with their studies and need help. And it is never a bad thing to ask for help from someone who has been spending time in their word for their whole lives. And like the Ethiopian eunuch, we have times where we need to have the scriptures explained to us. And we are blessed here at Castleberry with a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. There are so many here who have spent their lives in the Word, studying the Word, and trying to live the Word. And so those of us who are younger in our faith, we would be so blessed to share in that with our older brothers and sisters in Christ, that we can go to them and ask them to help us to see God's Word more clearly, to help us to research the Word. There's a very important uh, a role for the church, for the older here. They can impact the church in a powerful way. You can be a blessing to the younger, that you teach and you help and you serve and you are an example to everyone that you see. And so older people in our church, please keep seeking because our God is infinite. If you've stopped studying your Bible, you've got more to do. Your Bible should be open because there is infinite truth there for us to know and to see together, and this church can grow as we come to know Him. It is amazing to share this together because this becomes more than just knowledge. This becomes sharing. We, sh we share in the Word together. We are eager. We see these things to know more, but there is also a goal in this, and that is to see if these things are so. They had a personal connection with the scriptures. And we can take in the scriptures together, but ultimately we have to come to an understanding of the scriptures to make sure that they are true. And we have to have a personal connection with the scriptures to make sure they are true in our lives. It wasn't someone else's responsibility to make sure the Bereans understood it. Paul didn't do the research for them. They went home and they made sure these things were true. They took connection with the scriptures. They took on the truth for themselves. They wanted to make sure the things they were hearing were in the Bible to begin with. Now, we have the privilege of having the Bible in our homes, on our phones, and in our lives. They had to go to the synagogue to make this happen. We can easily take the Bible, and we can know it as our own. But there is a temptation in this. In researching the Word, there's a temptation that we do it just so that we can prove others wrong. And that we look for little details here and there of, I think this is wrong and I want to nitpick everything that I hear. That's not the goal of this. 
the goal of this is to find truth so that people may believe. That's where the Bereans led to. I'm spoiling my third point, but that's where we're going to. That we find our place in the church so that we can uh, pursue truth to lead to belief. If you continue to understand the truth, you are living. So we, we need to see the stakes here. There, there's an importance to this that we can see. And again, the Corinthians are a good example of this. And this is in a long uh, section on the truth being veiled and hidden to those who are sinful. But starting in verse 3 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What incredible stakes we have here. If we don't have the truth, we are perishing. If we don't have the truth, we are blind. And the devil has the power to blind anyone from seeing the word. He can take the unbelieving and make them perishing. And so we've got to strengthen our ability to spend time in the word. And we've got to understand it so the truth can be a part of us. The devil wants nothing more than dusty Bibles and illiterate Christians. He wants nothing more than us to not spend time knowing him and understanding his, God's truth. But we can find glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ if we just spend time in his word. Let's make sure we know our Bibles better than ever before. Because if we don't understand the Bible, we, can't, we cannot defend the scriptures. We cannot proclaim the scriptures. And we cannot live the scriptures. And this is where the Bereans help us to see their example even more. That they responded to the word. And we see that many of the Bereans believed. This was not an intellectual pursuit. This was a life-changing pursuit. Christ isn't something to just interesting to think about. That's what the Athenians thought later in chapter 17. They just wanted to hear something new. They wanted to debate something. But in Berea, they wanted to be changed by something. But the truth in Christ confronts us. And the goal of truth is not to win arguments, it is to change lives. And the Bereans were living in the dark previously to Paul getting there. They had no idea who Christ was, and then Christ was given to them, and they were able to believe because the truth can change you if you let it. And so our goal today in looking at the Bereans is that we might strengthen our faith through the Word of God, that we may learn to study who God is, and that we may learn to change our lives because of what we experience in His Word. We have our Bibles. We can know Christ more. We can be transformed by his message. And so today, how have you been changed by his word? Because we are not merely hearers of the word, but we are doers of the word too. Because what does James say? Faith without works is dead. There's a reason they didn't just hear the word, understand it, and the story ends. The word challenges us. It pushes us. It makes us different at the end of the day. They believe and they change because of it. 
Now, there's a reason each of my sermons for the past month have ended in an assignment for you to take home. There is a, uh, if we're trying to find our place in the church, we're not going to be able to do so if we just try passively. If we sit on our hands and just hope I feel at home in a church. It is an active effort that we do together. It requires activity. It requires action. It requires us to work together. We can't find our place in the church if we do nothing. So we find our place together with working. So what should we be doing because of what we've read, of what we believe? Christ's love is so amazing. First, it causes me to believe that He is the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead, and so my life should be changed because of that. That I put sin out of my life and I live according to His word. It causes me to serve in the kingdom to give, to love, and to work. And working in the kingdom is a blessing because it gives us a place with God. But the Bereans didn't have it easy in this as well. The Jews from Thessalonica came down from Thessalonica down to Berea and tested their belief. The Bereans were tested in a difficult, difficult way because these Jews stirred up trouble. And we have to remember that finding the truth is not always a peaceful pursuit. Remember that in order to find the truth, sometimes we have to show that other things are false. And we might have friends or family that believe those other things that are false. And that steps on people's toes. And it did in Berea. The Jews came down and stirred up trouble, so the gospel had to move on again. We may have difficulties in our lives as we try to learn about God. We, may, we live in a culture that doesn't value God they don't value his truth, and they fight against it. Maybe at your work, you're different because of your faith, and you feel like you're fighting like the Bereans. Maybe your troubles are closer to home, that you have family members who do not understand why you live a life as a Christian, and there is trouble there. You will be tested. It will take effort. You may need to sacrifice to learn more about God, but He is worth it because we earnestly seek Him. He has saved us and He has made us His. What a blessing that our place in the church is to learn about Him because our God is so full and loving and we can give Him our all. And so in the end, the question is this. When you are confronted with the truth, with the scriptures, will you submit to what is true? Are you willing to devote yourself to learning as the early church did? And the only way to do that is by opening your Bibles and examining it. We have a place in the church, and that is to learn what God says. You've got a copy in your home. You have a church family here that can help you grow. And we must hear what God has to say so that we can do what God says. So today, find your place in the church by learning. And so this week, we are going to do another uh, assignment, another way you can find your place in the church at home throughout the week. And it is simply, we're going to read through the book of James as a church. It's got five chapters, and so each weekday, read one chapter. And we can come to know the practicalities of that letter, and we can spend time together. Please participate in this. James is an incredibly practical book, and it will help you in the way that you live with God. It will help us to begin to find our place in the church together, by learning about God. Thank you for your time and your attention.
Learning together is an impactful topic for us. And so let's eagerly seek to learn about God together. Nathan is going to lead us in a song of encouragement. Let's stand and let's sing together.